you want to make sure that when you're in retirement, you're in the best situation possible, house paid off, cars paid off, and you get updated cars, you have six months of at least of expenses in the bank, take advantage of that in those last five, 10 years. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Glad to have you on another edition of the Retirement Reality Podcast. I'm Ben George. I'm with Mike Koyanen. As always, he is the founder and owner at Principal Preservation Services. They have offices in Woodbury, Minnesota, also across the border in Hudson, Wisconsin, not very far away from each other, but you can also find them online at principalpreservationservices.com. You can also find Mike on WCCO TV, appears there on occasions. And also make sure you check out his book. I know everybody's looking for stuff to read, content to consume as we're, well, we're getting out of this lockdown, but still have a lot of extra free time in many cases. Uh, Mama's Secret Recipe for Retirement Success. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. And it's summertime. So again, and uh, lockdown has been lifted here in Wisconsin and and we're going to see life is normal, I, I hope, real soon. Yeah, I hope so as well. Well, we're going to talk today, uh, kind of similar to our last episode, but we're going to talk about your biggest assets, something that you, you know, you, you these are all things that we all have, but many times we kind of set it and forget in a lot of cases, or we don't really know how we can get more out of them uh, because we've, you know, like a house, right? You know, you, you buy the house, you pay a mortgage and you forget about it. We're going to tell you why you should be putting a little more thought into these assets in many cases. And we'll do that uh, in just a minute, but I want to start off with a few mailbag questions to, to get the show started. And we, as always, you can send in your mailbag questions to principalpreservationservices.com. You can also call the office, 855-987-8888. And we'll have two questions I want to get to today. And let's start off with Beverly. And we're talking about uh, diversification. She's got an interesting take on this one, Mike. She said, I counted up the mutual funds in my IRA, and it appears that I have 33 different funds. Is that adequate diversification? I think it's over-diversification is what they call that. And yeah, so I don't, I'm trying to remember the article I read a few years ago, two or three years ago, and I think it was from Morningstar had a had a report that says once you get past twelve or thirteen different holdings in your IRA or your retirement account, you have over diversification. There's too much overlapping, and you're actually going to hurt the performance of that portfolio because you you have too much. So when you look up, you know, each one of these mutual funds, and you can do this yourself, you can go to Yahoo Finance or and then type in that ticker symbol of the each one of those mutual funds. Then you click up the holdings because every mutual fund is made up of different type of holdings. And you're probably going to find a lot of the same holdings are in each of those mutual funds, which means you have over diversification, which means you're investing in the same funds in a lot of these mutual funds. So probably have too much. I would recommend sitting down and, and trying to streamline that to be more appropriate to get more a higher level of performance out of your account rather than having too much diversification, which is going to happen is in a good market. Yeah, you might do okay in a strong market, but in a bad market, because it's you're in a lot of these same sectors have issues, you're going to have some, some steep losses. So the, the important part is find the, the right balance for your fund. I just think it's way too much. Yeah. Well, thanks for that question, Beverly. Good that you're asking those questions and trying to figure out uh, how to best uh, maybe consolidate some of those different funds. Our next one comes in from Amber. She says, I'm 55 years old and I have almost 300,000 saved for retirement, but I feel like I'm uh, really behind where I should be compared to the most people that she knows. Uh, is she in trouble, Mike? 
It all depends. We don't know the, you know, the financial situation. The other, you know, information you have is, you know, what's your monthly expenses, when your house will be paid off, when is your expected retirement date? I don't believe so. As long as your your expenses are in the average realm, you know, you have most likely, you know, 10 more years of work if you're going to work till 65. And if you're still funding your 401k or IRAs, and if you can increase those contributions here in this next 10 years. I've had a lot of people who didn't even start investing into retirement until right around 50. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to get your money to grow. But if you can, you, know, you can max out your, I don't know what your income is, Amber, but you know, you can fund $26,000 a year into your 401k once you're 50 years old. I mean, if you have 10 more years to do that, that's 26 grand. And let's just say your employer is going to, um, put in, you know, maybe B, but you know, that's another, uh, oh, you know, uh, you know, roughly uh, another hundred thousand. So you can have another 360,000 just in contributions, plus the growth on that money. You probably have 800 to a, probably a million dollars in your, in your retirement by the time you retire. I just don't know your, your exact details, but you can really make up a lot of ground in this next 10 years. Yeah. So take advantage of that. And that, that takes us right to our next topic, because we're going to touch on this a little bit, Mike. And that's, you know, even if you don't, maybe you don't feel like you have enough, maybe you aren't paying attention to the assets that you have in place and maybe getting the most out of the things that you actually have. So we have five things today, five assets that really we all probably all have uh, in some regard. I want to figure out from you, Mike, maybe why are we taking these for granted? What can we do to maybe be getting a little more out of these? And, and what, what kind of thought should we be putting into each of these assets? And I want to begin mm-hmm. with the the biggest one, one that we really all work with, and that's your 401k, both like old and current. Why are we not paying enough attention to this? Yeah, we see this a lot where people just have 401ks. They say, I haven't checked my balance for a year or two years, and um, they're afraid to sometimes. Sometimes that's, it works out for their benefit, especially in the, when we had this 11-year bull run in the market, and they just kind of put their head down and, and just keep moving forward uh, as long as you're contributing. But the problem is with that, you know, how, how much effort and time are you putting into those allocations that you have invested in? So you need to spend a little bit more time and make sure that you're adjusting these these investments as you get older, as you keep accumulating more. And what kind of investigation have you done in that? How much research have you done? Or did you just pick your investment options by a whim? Or did, you know, Bob or Sally at the water cooler said, this is what I do. So you just copied what they did but they might have a totally different risk tolerance. So the key is put a little bit more time and effort. This is probably your your biggest or second biggest asset you might have. You want to make sure that you're just, you know, treating it with respect. You know, be a good stewards of what you, you've you've established, you know, because if you're in the wrong allocation, we just helped somebody uh, yesterday. We did an application for a gal that uh, she's becoming a new client. She was invested as ultra aggressive in her, her current retirement account for years. And, you know, we do a risk score analysis and she was in the 80s, which 99 is the highest when she was very aggressive. But when we we had her take a risk assessment test, she was actually 40, which means she was investing over twice as risky as what really her comfort level was for, for investing. So obviously she was more aggressive years ago, but you have to change those as we, we get older. So spend a little bit more time in choosing those those allocations. Yeah, that's good advice uh, for sure. The next one on this list of big assets is your house. And and I'm kind of curious here, Mike, because, you know, for a lot of people, you purchase a home, 
you set up your mortgage and you say, okay, I've got X amount of years to pay it off. And then uh, we'll reassess at that point. But what else should you be thinking about? Yeah. A lot of times people really don't know the the true value of your house. So you've been in the house for 10, 20, 30 years. And a lot of times you think the value of your house is what you see from the county records. What we typically see, those county records aren't accurate. You know, so I paid taxes on this amount and they think that's what the house is worth. And when you really look at what's the market value of it, it's a totally different number. But a lot of people, this is part of what's going to help them retire is because you might have raised three or four kids in this house and it's way too big of a property or maybe you're out in the country, it's too big of a, a piece of property to be managing in retirement and you don't want to spend all that time to do that or maybe you just don't have that drive to manage that, that big piece of property anymore, you might want to downsize. And we find a lot of people want to change their living arrangements in retirement. And maybe your house is worth four hundred, five hundred thousand, and you might pull back and buy a house that's three hundred, three fifty and take an extra hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars and that might give you a little bit more cushion for retirement. And it gets your expenses down, gives you more money to maybe it even helps buy a you know, a condo in Florida or a condo in Arizona. So you have a winter destination. So look at that, your house as part of your retirement as well. If you're looking to right size, downsize your house in retirement. That's but good you to might know. need to get a market analysis. Yeah. yeah. A market analysis is, I think is important just to have a realtor come out and say, just do a, a quick market analysis. We don't know if we're going to sell this year or next year. Find out what's the true market of it, because it's going to be a lot different than what you find on your, your county uh, tax records. Okay. How about your social security, Mike? Because this this could end up being maybe one of your biggest assets that you own. And uh, you know this is going to be a big part for many people, their retirement income. What can you be thinking about right now in order to get more out of this? Because I mean, obviously for a lot of people, well, hey, I can't get this benefit for, for many, many years or a few years out, but what else can I be doing currently? Yeah, there's a lot, still different strategies you can use for social security. Um, and that's for, you know, if you're currently married, now there's different, you know, depending on what year you're born, if you're born uh, 1954 or later, you have uh, less options than what people do if they're born 1953 or earlier. They have more options available to them. But but even for my wife, uh, she has earned enough credits for qualifying for Social Security, but her benefits are going to be very little because she doesn't have a lot of work experience nor high, a lot of high income you know, related in, with Social Security. I, I think I might have shared this before, but her Social Security she got a report in the mail randomly. I think $359 a month was her, her benefit. But what she is eligible for when we're only five days apart in age, when I file for my benefits in roughly almost 20 years from now, you know, when I'm 19 years from now, when I'm full retirement age, if they haven't changed that date before we get there, she's going to be eligible to get half of mine. She won't get her benefit. She'll get a step up to half of my benefit. So if you're married, your spouse will always guarantee to get half your benefit, even if they don't qualify. So if, if one of the spouses didn't work, they're going to get um, additional Social Security benefits. Also, if you're previously married and your ex-spouse has passed away, as long as you're married for at least 10 years, you can get the 100% of their widow benefit. That's still available out there. But when you just look at the numbers, you don't see a lump sum with Social Security. You just see the payment. And if you're just saying, I, I just ran a number here, just say it's 65 years old and you had, just say you're a decent income earner and you're getting $2,500 a month from Social Security. That's not, that's not outrageous. It's not the maximum benefit by any means. But if you're getting $2,500 a month and it just has a cost of living adjustment of 2% a year on average and you were to collect that for 25 years, 
if you live till 90, that means you're going to get $765,822 out of Social Security in that 25 years. Wow. So yeah, you don't see you don't see a number with Social Security. You'll see what you you put in, what your employer put in, and that's just one individual. What if you had a, a one, another spouse who had maybe less that might get another 300, 350 over time you're going to get, you know, 1 million, 1.1 million in benefits. We see that a lot when we run these reports for for clients to come in here. So it doesn't come as a as a lump sum asset, but it is a monthly benefit you really need to take into account. Yeah, that's eye-opening when you look at the number that you could get over the course of that benefit. That's pretty significant. You want to make sure you're you're handling that appropriately. Uh, the the next one on our list of biggest assets is your future savings potential. And this is something you kind of touched on with that mailback question a little bit, Mike. But why is it important really to, to take advantage of maybe those those years right before retirement when you're really earning maybe the most of your career? Yeah, you want to make sure that, you know, those latter years you are, you know, when you're making the highest income you're probably going to make that last roughly 10, 15 years of your work, that you're taking advantage of that, that you're making sure that you're uh, saving as much as you can. And some of those, what we're finding a lot of these clients in these last five, 10 years of their work, their, their house just got paid off. So now you can uh, jump up that contribution in your 401ks and IRAs can significantly and make a huge impact on your retirement. So, so that's an op- opportunity to just increase those uh, those uh, contributions to make a big impact on your IRAs and 401ks, but also gives the ability to get your debt paid off, just get a better control of your expenses. The key is that the best situation for you to, to be at in retirement is, is being debt-free for the most part. You know, have cars updated. At least we always recommend if there's two cars in a house, that one of those cars is newer, that's under warranty. Um, some people like to have two new cars, but that's up to you. But you want to make sure that when you're in retirement, you're is the best situation possible. House paid off, cars paid off, and you get updated cars. You have six months of at least of expenses in the bank. Take advantage of that in those last five, ten years. Gotcha. Well, our last one. This might not seem like it's one of your bigger assets, but maybe it is once you actually kind of. Uh, bring everything together and consolidate. And that's having a bunch of smaller accounts. And I'm sure a lot of people that you work with, Mike, might be in this boat where you got an old 401k here, you got an IRA over here, you got a Roth stuck away in this corner, but you're really going to do yourself a disservice if you had that many smaller accounts laying around, right? Yes. And they're just hard to keep track of. And they, they actually do you know accumulate over time. And people are like, well, I didn't know I had this much because you, you might have five, six, seven, eight different accounts out there from previous employers or other IRAs that you might have started just to get a, a savings on doing your taxes. And when we put them all together, it's like, wow, I didn't know we had that much. And it's interesting when we have people come in, we're doing that discovery meeting, we're asking about what accounts they have and they tell us and then they come back in for the next meeting and they go, oh my gosh, I just, I forgot I had this account and I forgot I had this account. You wouldn't believe how many times that I said, they just keep finding money and they they forgot they had these. Well. If you're in your 50s and 60s and you're forgetting you have these, what's the chance that you might be forgetting these in your 80s? Yeah. (laughs) And so it's a good time to be consolidating these into one or two accounts just so you have better control of these and put them in one place that you, um, you know, for retirement. Because obviously, if you if you miss control of these these accounts and you're going to miss your required minimum distributions at 72 years old and beyond, uh, IRS will penalize you, and it's it's a 50% penalty um, every time you miss one. And so uh, you want to make sure that you can consolidate that. And it'll probably become more and it's easier to keep control of. And 
you you can adjust the, the risk level of these investments. If these are lingering old investments that you don't remember what you're investing in, and 20 years ago it was a a good mutual fund or it was a good fund at the time that performed well, but most likely it's not performing the same as it did in the in the past because things change, and it's good to put it all into uh, one one area where you can see see your accounts grow in, in one spot. Gotcha. Well, if any of these items maybe kind of piqued your interest a little bit and you said, okay, yeah, I do have an old 401k or, you know, my social security I hadn't really thought about uh, for some while or maybe never really thought much about it. Take some time to sit down with an advisor, a professional like Mike and his team at Principal Preservation Services and, and talk through these things and work them out. Make sure you're on track with all these and, and make sure you're paying enough attention to these assets because these are such a big part of your retirement puzzle. You want to make sure you're giving them enough thought and enough attention uh, and get the most out of them. So, Mike, I appreciate the time today. Good conversation here. And as always, uh, looking forward to hopefully your, your new webinars coming out, your seminars that you'll hopefully be getting back into as well. All that can be found online at principalpreservationservices.com. I'm sure you guys will be updating that too as maybe you add to this event calendar that you guys are putting together. Yeah, our, our website will be updated once we, we lock down these dates and know that we can actually get out there and, and the restaurants and these you know schools were, are going to allow us to, to be there. So I, even though the, the state's open officially, doesn't mean everything's going to be back to normal, but we're hopefully it will be here in, by beginning to mid-June. Yeah, no doubt. Well, thanks for the time, Mike, and thank you for listening to the Retirement Reality Podcast. Uh, we will be back again next week for a new episode. Hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is you listen to podcasts, and we'll be back with you again next week. Take care and be safe. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.